Good morning. Glad you all are here today on this Father's Day when we uh, talk about men and and masculine spirituality. Uh, I hope every father uh, today had a great breakfast of uh, bacon and and eggs and bacon and and orange juice and bacon and just lots of bacon. That's just the kind of guy thing uh, together today. Uh, I am joining you online, so uh, I'm a part of that, and I just want to say welcome uh, to our online uh, viewers as well. We're glad that you're uh, with us today. Um, one of the things what I want to talk about is this men of God idea. Um, and, and I will tell you on this Father's Day, there is no one that has more respect uh, for their father than, than me. I had a great father. I loved my father. We were good friends uh, all the way to the end of his life. I still miss him, and it's been uh, well over a decade since he went to be uh, with the Lord. Uh, I was blessed with a loving, caring, compassionate uh, father. Uh, but I know that for other people, Father's Day can be very hard. That for some of you, you had very, very difficult fathers. Uh, sometimes even abusive fathers. And I've talked to a few of you for whom your father was straight out of hell. That's just, it was just awful for you. And so I am so sorry for all of that. And so I want to talk about being better than that and uh, becoming the man your father should have been to, to you guys. Uh, you'd be the ones that break the cycle and, and establish a new way uh, of doing it. And so what we want to do this morning uh, is kind of look to God's Word, and, and I want to um, uh, focus on, on being a, a great man of God, of, of masculine spirituality. Um, and so my dad has informed me a lot in this, and so one of the things I think about when I think about my dad is this. By focusing on being a godly man, he became a great father. It's kind of like what we talked about last week. By putting God first in your marriage, even over your spouse, you actually have a better marriage. You'll actually be a better spouse if you put God first than if you put your spouse first. And, and the same thing applies uh, with this idea of fatherhood. Uh, if you focus on being a godly man, of being the man God created you to be, that will make you a great father, and that will make you all of those other, other things. Uh, making God number one is so important. And so uh, what we're going to talk about is masculine spirituality uh, today. Today. Um, and and I, this is a really important thing uh, because I think sometimes in the Christian world there's some confusion about some of this. Uh, and so I, I need, though, to first kind of talk about a couple of other things because honestly, some people have misrepresented uh, masculine Christianity uh, and, and, and especially as it relates to women's roles in the church and in the kingdom of God. And there have been some uh, less than biblical models out there of masculinity. Um, some of people have even used uh, the Bible to justify domineering uh, women or, uh, you know, uh, boss women around and, and all of that sort of thing that, that really are, are not what the biblical model represents. And you have to take the whole of the biblical model. Some people want to take like a couple of verses here and a couple of verses here and say that's what, that's what it represents. And that's just simply not the case. So let me just give you right off the bat where we as a church come down on some of this stuff. And uh, the big one is we believe God created men and women equal. Amen? Okay? And, and we're not the same. Then cursory glance, you know men and women are different, but, but, but we are equal. In fact, Genesis, uh, where men and women are created, makes this very, very clear. Uh, it doesn't distinguish between men and women. Genesis chapter 1 uh, says this, so God created mankind in his own image. Okay, mankind is, is humanity. It doesn't mean just males there. It means all of humanity. Um, in the image of God, he created them. Okay, male and female, he created them. And the idea is 
created together in, in the image uh, of God. Some people like to, to reference Genesis chapter 2, uh, where a woman comes from, from the rib, uh, and, and that's an important one for us to look at as well, because there's uh, some super important things happening uh, there. It says, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And the word for helper there uh, doesn't mean someone who is less. It's not like someone who's an apprentice. Uh, it, it's actually the word that God uses when he talks about being our helper. So when, when we, he says that there's woman is created as his helper, it's not as, as someone less than him. It's, it's at the very least equal or even maybe more. So uh, it's important we understand this. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. And then the Lord God made woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, woohoo! And so um, men and women were created to be equal. And the idea that women would be subordinated in some way is a result of the fall, of of sin. And so it just always drives me crazy when I hear people argue for subordinating women in some sort of way. And I say, "You're, you're taking it from the wrong model. You're taking it from the model of sin rather than from the model of how God created uh, us to be. And, and I'm, 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 I'm proud of our church at this point in our denomination. Uh, in, in our church, Nazarene uh, denomination, women can do anything men can do. Uh, there is no difference in terms of clergy and pastoring a church and preaching and all of those sorts of things. And I absolutely believe that is what the Bible teaches. And if you don't and you struggle with that, I'd love to talk with you about that because I think it's actually pretty clear uh, in the Bible, uh, as long as you don't take things out of their context. In fact, in the Church of the Nazarene, probably the sharpest general superintendent, which is the highest level of our church, is Dr. Carla Sundberg, uh, and she's, she's really great. So, I mean, at the very top of our church, uh, women hold those positions. Uh, and we, because we believe women are equal, uh, but, but not the same, right? We're, we're, we're different. Men and women are, are different. Thank God we're different from one another. Um, and just some a quick illustration of that is men tend to be physically stronger uh, than women. And so that, that's just the reality out there. Uh, but we don't believe that, that, if a, that if a woman is capable of doing it, she shouldn't be allowed to do it. And this goes back to my days uh, when I was running freight crews when I was young and um, in grocery stores. And, and it was very hard physical work. And sometimes some women had trouble with that. But one of the most interesting sort of things to watch was uh, from time to time, we would have women who were as strong and as fast or stronger and faster than some of the men. And the men found that very threatening. It's like, well, they shouldn't be on a freight crew. It's like, what are you talking about? But, but that's what we believe. You don't have to be the same, but, but women should have the same opportunities um, as, as men do. Uh, and so um, here, here, this is what I want to say. Role is based on call and giftedness, not gender. Role is based on call and giftedness, not gender. When God calls, we respond. When they have the gifts and the graces to do it, they do it. And that's men or, or women, and it doesn't make any difference uh, how it goes there. Uh, if the, if the people exhibit the call and the giftedness, uh, the, the opportunity is there for them. In fact, this last week, this last week, maybe the week before, uh, they, uh, we were kind of celebrating uh, that, that women got the, the right to vote 100 years ago. It's, it's hard to believe that over 100 years ago, women didn't even have the right to vote in our nation. But you know what? Over 100 years ago, women could be pastors in our denomination. They, they could be a, a part of that, and so uh, proud of that. So uh, we, we just believe that God created men and, and women equal, uh, and we believe that men and women are better together. 
I really do. That's a part of the Genesis story that Adam needed a helper, that there's something about this. And this isn't just talking about marriage. This is just the idea of, of, of we are better together. I believe our staff is better because it's made up of men and women. It's much better than all men or all, all women. A mixed staff is, a, is a, a good thing because, honestly, the women bring another perspective to the whole thing that sometimes it's like, oh, I hadn't thought of that, you know? There's something about the way God has created the world that, that differences, if we handle them in godly ways, actually make us stronger rather than weaker, and that applies uh, here. And, and honestly, sometimes I just wonder if we had gotten women more involved in the higher levels of politics, maybe we'd have less war uh, in the world, because guys tend to be a little more aggressive, shall we say. Um, so in general, in general, men and women come at spirituality differently. Uh, there's, there's lots of crossover, but because we are wired differently, we just come at it differently. Uh, and, and all of the, the characteristics of male spirituality can be found in women, and the characteristics of women's spirituality can be found in men. But we tend to emphasize things more. We tend to find things more important uh, than, than the other. And, and honestly... Um, there, there, there's a certain amount of, of crossover in all of that. In fact, we find that most people have some sort of uh, gender crossover in general. Like in, in my marriage, uh, I talk a lot more than the average guy. Have you noticed? You know, um, and my wife tends to be very, very quiet. And so that's that's just it's not bad or good. It just it just is is the case. And um, so the same is true uh, with this. So I'm going to be speaking in generalities here. Uh, and if you go, wait a minute, that's a really big one for me. And you're a woman, okay? Or a guy goes, man, that's not something for me. That, that's, all, that's all okay. Uh, everyone, God has wired you individually, but we do want to talk just about kind of men um, in, in general in this case. And so uh, let's, let's talk a little bit then of what about it called manly spirituality. Say manly spirituality. Good. Um, so uh, again, just the, the toxic part of this. Uh, toxic uh, male masculineness comes when, when we take something good and twist it. In fact, that's the nature of sin is that the devil can't create anything. God creates good, and sin is when that gets twisted in, in some sort of way. Uh, and so God created uh, male spirituality, uh, just like he created female spirituality, in that he created man and he created, created woman, and both are, are good. And so um, I want us to look at one of my heroes in, in the Bible uh, to kind of uh, do a 30,000 foot. We're going to look at King David. Uh, in the Bible, Israel's greatest king, uh, because I think he represents pretty well um, masculine spirituality, uh, both good and then, then some of the struggles. So if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 13, and we're just going to look at verse 22, and then I'm going to kind of tell you the stories as, as we go through, but I kind of want to set the tone for this. Uh, Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 22, says this, after removing Saul, this is God's, this is uh, Paul speaking about, or Luke talking about this. After uh, removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, hear this, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. A man after my own heart. Let's say it together. A man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to. To do, and so one of the things I love about King David, and I could probably preach all year long just on King David, but but it's this idea: uh, David was a man after God's own heart. Okay, uh, so so this is a man that that God looked at and said, 
that, that he's doing it right. That's, that's the way it's supposed to work. Uh, and so I think when we look at, you know, what do we want to be, guys? When we look at what masculine spirituality looks like on this Father's Day, uh, we want to look to a model who, who did it well. And that's why I feel blessed, because I think my dad did it well, and I think King David did it really, really well. And so I just kind of want to walk down through some of these in your notes. Uh, that I'm going to hit some of the highlights of the things uh, in his life. And one of the, the primary characteristics of male spirituality um, is uh, courage. And the, the, we see this in the story of, of Goliath. You remember the story of Goliath and David, and, and uh, we think this happened really early on in David's life. He was maybe 15 to 17 years old, so he was a boy. He was still like skinny like, you know, teenage boys are, and, and wiry, and, and all, all of that. Not yet full grown, and Goliath is coming out from the Philistines, and he's got, they've got the whole Israeli army just buffaloed at that point. They can't do anything. Everybody's afraid. He keeps calling them out. Come down, send your champion down. And, and little skinny David goes uh, to, to deliver some stuff to his brothers who are in the army, and he sees this happen, and he sees Goliath calling him out, and he sees everybody kind of afraid to get down there and fight Goliath because he was a giant, you know. Uh, and and, and they, they struggled with that, and, and David comes, and David exhibits this extraordinary courage to go and face face Goliath. And, and so um, there's the whole story about how the, you know, Saul wants to give him his armor, and that doesn't work, you know, and he goes down there with a slingshot and, and some stones uh, and end up slaying Goliath and, and puts the whole Philistine army on the run and, and, and they win the day. All because David, a shepherd boy, had courage. He had courage. He had the courage, not in his ability, but in God. He had courage because he believed God could handle this. The, the, the giant wasn't a problem for him. And so, guys, an important part of your spirituality is take courage. Believe in God. Trust God and go forward. Do the thing you need to do. When everybody else is, is afraid, be encouraged in this. And you have been wired for this. It's a unique, you know, you've heard me say this before, but, but I believe science is always kind of catching up to where God is already. You know, science is just discovering what God has done. And one of the things we know that's unique about a man, I kind of find this kind of stuff interesting, is that men uh, have a stronger ability to compartmentalize things. Now, we use this bad sometimes with sin. We'll compartmentalize it and pretend like it's not there. But it actually can be a very, very good sort of thing. So the ability to compartmentalize is one of the things that helps with courage. To set aside everything else and, and set aside the fear, to compartmentalize it, to put it in this box and send it away so you can focus on, on what's, what's important. You think about this, it's maybe in some ways a little different today, but, but a few hundred years ago, maybe a few thousand years ago, you know, if there's a tiger at the entrance of the cave, the ability ability to put, about, put aside your feelings about other things and focus on the tiger is really an important thing. It's a part of courage. And so um, exercise godly courage in your life, in, in your, your family, in, in your work. Uh, be courageous. God has wired you up so that courage is a part of your spirituality. Uh, another incident in the life of, uh, of uh, King David uh, happens uh, with, uh, with Saul, and this is uh, integrity. A uh, hallmark of, of male spirituality is integrity. If you know the story, Saul was the king, been anointed king, and David uh, was a part of that, and he knew that David was one day going to be the king, and, and so it just it got to Saul. And so Saul made several attempts on David's life. He threw spears at him, he sent armies after him, all of those sorts of uh, things. He just kept trying to kill him and chase him. Uh, and, and the cool thing about David is he recognized that Saul was the king, and you do not kill the king. And so he responded to threats on his life with integrity. 
Integrity is doing the right thing regardless of the consequences. It means I need to do this God's way. And God rewarded him uh, for that. And, and so uh, men, again, have integrity. Have courage, but have integrity. You need courage and integrity. These two need to work together in your life. If you have courage to do the wrong thing, that's not helpful. <laughs> and it will get you in trouble. Uh, but, but if you have integrity and courage, uh, great things can happen uh, for you. Refuse to take, take revenge. I think about this when Jesus talked about, you know, blessing those that curse us and doing good to our enemies and loving those that, that hate us. I, I, I want to say in some ways, man, that's masculine spirituality. That's, that's integrity. That's doing the right thing, even when it doesn't feel good. It takes courage uh, to do that and, and strength uh, to do that. Uh, and then uh, another one, and this is going to be a little, so hold on with me. This is going to be a little bit. But uh, David also uh, exhibited responsibility. And the, the story here is Bathsheba. And so the other part I want to say about this is David was not perfect. In fact, David was way, way, way flawed, just like you and I are, men. Are we not flawed? If you don't think you are, just ask your spouse. They'll tell you. Um, and, and so you, if you know the story of David, uh, he got himself in trouble with a woman. Uh, he was the king. He was doing something he shouldn't do. He uh, got attracted to a woman. And then rather than just stopping there, uh, he had her over. He eventually slept with her. Uh, then he made it worse. Uh, her husband was off at war. Uh, he actually ended up uh, having her husband killed uh, in all of that. And then uh, finally, God sends to David the prophet Nathan. And the bony finger of the prophet pointed at him and pointed out his sin. And the thing that I think is so powerful about David is that when he was caught, he said, and I, just from scripture, I have sinned against the Lord. He, he, he took responsibility. He, he owned it. And, and you, you don't understand, he had lots of options. He was the king. He had just had a man killed and no one was, uh, you know, they, they just happened. And he could have had the same done to the prophet. He could have the prophet thrown out. He could have the, made the prophet disappear. He could have done any number uh, of things. But, but when it finally came down to it, he took responsibility for his actions. He, he owned it. And, and when, we, when we fail to be responsible, guys, this is a powerful thing men can do. To, it's that courage. It's that integrity. It's standing up and said, yep, I blew it. I, I am, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll take the, the consequences of my actions, which David did. He, he invited the consequences on him rather than everybody else. Uh, and, and, and so he, he was responsible. So guys, take responsibility. This is what you, one of your strengths. This is a part of your spiritual life. The, all of these things are important to your spiritual health, that we act responsible. responsible. And it is so powerful. We know that this actually just works in the world re around us. We, how do you feel about somebody, you know, that you have to work with is always making excuses. It's always someone else's fault. It's never my fault. It's always it wasn't fair. It's always compared to the guy that stands up and says, yep, I blew it. I just... I blew it, and I'm sorry, and I'll do whatever I can to help fix it. You all naturally know that's the kind of person you're attracted to and, and you want to, to have in your life. And so one of the, one of the hallmarks of, of masculine spirituality is we take responsibility, guys. And, and that's not fun, but, but it does, because the unspoken thing is we're all going to mess it up from time to time. And, and I, I hope that I hope and I pray that you don't do it like David did. He ended up being an adulterer and a murderer. Do not go down that road. And, and by the way, just as a side note, especially when it regards sexual temptation, the time to get out is when you're first attracted. 
do not play with it. Do not let it go down the road. Do not flirt. Do not, as soon as you start justifying stuff, you're in trouble. Get out, get out, get out, get out. Okay, uh, the, the, the far better than that. But when it goes wrong, whether it be that or hopefully something much less than that, take responsibility. There's a spiritual thing that happens in us when we exercise uh, those together. And then another one that I think is encouraging and important, uh, you can see these are kind of building on each other, um, is loyalty and brotherhood is, is a part of, of, of masculine spirituality. And Jonathan is the one here we'll talk about. Jonathan was the son of Saul. So imagine the place that Jonathan was in. His dad is trying to kill his best friend. And Jonathan and Saul uh, became very, very, very good uh, friends uh, together. Uh, and they watched out for uh, one another. And, and I absolutely believe, I, and this I just know from my own personal journey, I've walked with the Lord a long time, men need at least one other brother. We, we need something, some other guy. Some of you get that naturally, you know, in your own family. Maybe you have a brother that you're really, really close to. You know, uh, for the rest of us, uh, we have to find someone, make someone, uh, create someone. But in, in, in masculine spirituality, brotherhood is really important. Someone we can be loyal to and someone who is loyal to us. Someone who will look us in the eye and say, you're wrong. Someone who will look us in the eye and say, you need to fix that. Someone who you know is absolutely for you, but will also tell you the truth and will help you in that. And this, this is, we're just wired up. We can be extremely loyal like this. And so that's why we come to talks about bands of brothers or, or brotherhood. Uh, somewhere in your life, you, you need that, that person that can speak truth to you. And uh, this was such a big deal that uh, Jonathan managed to stay both loyal to his dad and loyal uh, to David and David to Jonathan, that after Jonathan was killed, uh, David actually went out and sought out any of Jonathan's uh, relatives to, to protect them and bring them to his own table. Uh, there's political risk in that, in that they could have a claim to the throne, all of those sorts of things. Uh, but, but guys, I just want, if you do not have, language we use today, an accountability partner, if you don't have someone in your life, another guy that you can share with, that you can, you can be absolutely honest with, get this in your life. This is important to your spiritual development. And that thing we talked about, about sin and failure, and especially sexual sin, it is really good if you can have one guy in your life that you can say, I was attracted to, or I was tempted, and, and they can help hold you accountable. It, it may save your marriage. It may save your job. It may, you know, this is so important. Build into your life uh, a brother of, of some sort. Um, and then Another aspect of, and this is going to seem, sound a little strange, but another aspect of, of David's spirituality was spirituality. One of the cool stories about David was he was this great warrior, and, and the Ark of the Covenant was, was in the tabernacle, which was a tent, and being moved all around. And, and for David, that wasn't okay. He, he really cared not just about this world, but he cared about things spiritual. He wanted to build a temple for the Lord, and he, he took care of the Ark and, and all of those sorts of things. And so, guys, I, I just I want to free you up to exercise masculine spirituality. To, to, to say, I'm a spiritual being. It's not all that always touchy-feely kind of stuff, you know, that gets out there and some, especially some of the, the crazier stuff out there. And, you know, it's like, that's just not who I am. I, I'm a man, but I care passionately, deeply about my God 
and, and following him and, and doing the right thing and giving my energy and my resources. And, and David was constantly seeking the face of the Lord. He was constantly seeking the will of the Lord. He was constantly following after God in this masculine kind of way, but constantly following after God. And so, uh, guys, um, make spirituality a priority in your life. It's so important. Uh, and do it with other guys, you know, that's great, but, but make it a priority. Uh, and, and then uh, another one uh, characteristic is uh, he was a protector. And, and the word here, the story here is Solomon. Um, the interesting sort of thing when he got in trouble with Bathsheba, that she got pregnant and, and the child they had was Solomon. And typically in a situation like that, a king would want to put them away, send them away quietly, and often they would have them killed. Um, but, but David did an extraordinary thing in that he brought Bathsheba into the house and he married her and he made her his wife. And from that day forward... Bathsheba and Solomon were a constant reminder of David's failure and his sin. And they became a, a part of that, that, you know, I, I have sinned against God. And every time someone would see little Solomon running around, it was a reminder of how that got there. It was a reminder with Bathsheba. And yet, David protected the innocent. It was not Bathsheba's fault. She didn't have any really say in this. If the king wants you, that's it, you know. And it certainly wasn't Solomon's fault. This little guy who eventually, because David was a protector, goes on to become the wisest man that, that ever lived. And, and so David was a protector. And guys, a part of spirituality for men is we're protectors. Protect the weak. Protect the downtrodden. Stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Be a protector. That's how you're wired. Uh, provide for those that can't provide for themselves. Uh, be strong. You know, courage, integrity, responsibility, loyalty, brotherhood, spirituality, protector. And then here's a kind of a side note uh, for some of us that, that I, uh, as I was kind of working through David, I thought was kind of funny. Uh, and that's uh, this, artsy. David was artsy. He wrote a whole bunch of the Psalms. He was a great harp player. That's why we got into, into Saul's presence was that it would soothe Saul. He was such a, a good harp player. And so I, I want to encourage you guys, just, just let your artsy side out. It's okay. It's okay if you can sing. It's okay if you can play instruments. It's okay if, if you maybe uh, create with, with poetry. One of the things my son has discovered is poetry. He's really into poetry. And that's, that's kind of a hard one for me because although I'm very much in the art of music and those kinds of things, poetry was never on my thing. And, and yet he's very much a manly man, you know? And so it's okay. So you just need to stand up and say, yeah, I like poetry. What are you going to do about it, you know? It, in, indulge that, that part of your life. David demonstrated that you can both be a manly man and spiritual and have an artsy, creative uh, side. Um, and then I think if I'd wrap the whole thing up, I would wrap it around this. For me, masculine spirituality is about strength under control. Strength under control. Men, you were made strong. But when strength is out of control, it's destructive and harmful. It does things like get involved with the wrong things. It takes, in David's case, it took a life, you know. And, and so God is giving you this strength, and, and your spirituality is the part that brings that under control. That, that, that it's, it's just so important for us that we, we get this idea that you have extraordinary strength, and, and let, you let your spirituality control that. And here's, I think, a part of how that works, and that is this. For men, meaning is found in service. There's something about serving others that's important to us. Maybe I can say it this way. We need a king. You say, oh, 
king. We don't need our king. Yeah, we do. We need, we need something in our lives. We are better as knights of the round table than we are as the one that's running the show. And in, in many ways, our spirituality is, is exactly that, that we serve the king of kings and the lord of lords, that, that, that we are his hands and his feet, that, that he calls us to serve in, in, in his realm that is the realm of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And, and we need in our lives, there's something about this masculine spirituality we need to serve something that's bigger than us, that, that's more important than us. We need something that, that we can give our lives to that, that, that matters, that goes beyond this life and, and, and work hard in your careers and do all of those sort of things too. But I'm telling you, if you don't, you will never be satisfied in your soul until you give yourself to service to the king to something that matters after you are, are gone. Uh, and so we serve the king of kings. He is our king. Say, Christ is king. Good. Um, we, not only that, but we serve our king by serving others. Uh, that's how we do it. Begin by serving your family. I, I love the Ephesians passage where, um, where it talks about man is the head uh, of the wife and the, and the family. And it means almost the opposite of what, what it's, we think of head as the boss. But actually it says, as Christ served the church. So what it means in that passage is men are called to serve their families. First, first serve God, second serve your family. Serve your wife. You, you want your wife to fall in love with you? Serve her. Serve her. Serve her. You, that, that is godly spirituality. That is manliness. Serve your kids. Serve your extended family. Serve your family. Serve your church. Serve your, serve your community. Uh, it, it's so important for us. And I think a part of this has to do with just the way we're wired up. It's why, guys, it's so hard for us if, when we're unemployed because our identity is kind of tied up with, with what we do. And so... Um, I just, I just want to encourage you, serve, serve, serve. We serve our king by serving others. Serve your king by serving your family, by serving your wife, by, by serving the, the ones uh, around you. And women, just, just kind of a side note, but, but one of the things, because we're wired up, because service and, and that sort of thing is a big part of us, um, I, women tend to crave love. Men crave respect. Don't ever disrespect your husband publicly and certainly in private. Show honor to him. That, that'll just, man, that just makes him go great when, you, when he, he thinks you really love and respect him, you know, and, and are proud of him. That is so powerful for guys. And so in closing, if our musicians would come, I just want to say to all of the men here, whether you're a father or whether you're not a father, go from this place as servants of the Most High God. In fact, this, this is what I want on my tombstone, tombstone, my epitaph to be. He was a servant of the Most High God. Be a servant. Leave this place to be a servant of the Most High God. You're a knight of the round table of the kingdom of God. Embrace your masculine spirituality, but bow to your king and serve him. Serve the way he would have you serve. And I think you will find in that, in this understanding of this uh, masculine spirituality, a way to connect to God and a way to connect to others that can be really, really powerful. You, you, we don't do it like women. The way women do it is fine, and I don't always understand all of that. But I'm telling you, we need to raise up in our church godly men. Amen? And those little boys are watching the men in our church. Set an example because they will do what they see you do, not necessarily what you tell them to do. 
We have to model for it. Go from this place, servants of the Most High God. Say, servants of the Most High God. Servants of the Most High God. Let me pray for you today. Father God, Lord, thank you so much for the men of our church. Um, thank you for the men that invested in me, Lord. I can name their names that, that lived out in front of me, masculine spirituality that was both strong and courageous but was gentle with, with the people around them, that, that loved passionately, Father, that, that served for things that mattered for more than themselves, Father. And so I, I pray for every, every man and boy in this church, Father, that you would, you would create in them strong masculine spirituality, Father, and that they would use it for good, that they would use it uh, to bless the people around them, raise up strong and courageous men, Father, that they might truly be servants of the Most High God for your glory and for your honor. Bless them on this Father's Day, I pray, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.